I want to welcome all the churches joining us from around the nation and the world that are doing a But God series, believing that But God changes everything and excited to have you on this journey with us. I want to talk to you today about we're bound, but God sets us free. I was sexually abused at the age of 13 by a lady for several months. After the abuse ended, I began to dabble in pornography. That lasted for a season, and the next thing you know, I was now messing around and engaging in sexual activities with young ladies. And in my high school years, I literally found myself bound. I was bound. And my testimony is I was bound. And in a high school locker room in Wewoka, Oklahoma, I was bound, but God set me free. Listen, that's my testimony. Nobody can talk me out of my testimony. I know the power of God for myself. I know how I was living, and I know when Jesus set me free, how I began to live my life. And I want to talk to you today about we're bound, but God sets us free. Because the reality is we can all find ourselves bound, perhaps to drugs or to alcohol or to pornography or lust or bound by lying or food or gossip or gambling or bound by greed or a bad attitude. How many of you realize people can even be bound by a bad attitude? Come on, how many know somebody bound by a bad attitude? How many of you are sitting by them right now? Come on, bad attitude. And today what I want us to do is I want us to look at the life of Samson. Samson was a man who was free, but ended up bound. Let's look at his life together, beginning in Judges chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 5. For context, this is an angel talking to Samson's mom before he was born. It says, you will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. Samson was dedicated to God in the womb. He had God's blessing and favor on his life in the womb and when he got outside of the womb. And God chose Samson to deliver Israel from one of their enemies, the Philistines. And the amazing thing about Samson is God gave him incredible strength. There are many that believe that Samson was the strongest man who's ever walked the face of the earth. He was so strong that he was doing literal, literal miracles because of his strengths of feet. It would make front page news today what he was doing. It would be breaking news on primetime television, the feats he was doing. In Judges 14, verse 5 and 6, it says, Samson killed a lion with his bare hands. In Judges 15 and verse 15, it says that Samson killed Philistine men, thousands of them, with the jawbone of a donkey. And the Philistines, they tried to 
conquer Israel. They tried to conquer Samson time and time again. But God used Samson to protect Israel for 20 years. But after 20 years of leading Israel, of protecting Israel, things drastically changed for Samson. And I want us to read about this change in Judges 16, verse 21. It says, then the Philistines seized him, just a few men. He had defeated thousands, and now just a few seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza, binding him. Notice those two words, binding him. He was bound with bronze shackles, then set him to grinding grain in the prison. How did this happen? How did the strongest man who's ever lived become bound? I want us to look at how Samson became bound so that we can discover how we become bound. How do we become bound? Number one is this, when we live in hiding, live in hiding, when we live a life of secrecy. Notice in Judges 14 and verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him, Samson, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. But he told neither his father nor his mother what he had done. Notice that he did not tell his parents what he did, secrecy, hiding. Two verses later, picking up in verse 8, it says, sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion's carcass, and in it he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. When he rejoined his parents, he gave them some, of, some, gave, gave them some and they too ate it, but, they did not, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey from the lion's carcass. Notice again, he did not tell them. I know some of you are thinking, well, what's the big deal? He was hungry and the brother ate some honey. What's the big deal? But Samson was chosen by God to be a Nazarite. And God gave Nazarites three specific instructions to follow. Number one, no wine. Number two, no haircuts. Number three, no touching anything unclean. And a dead body in the Old Testament under the Old Covenant was considered unclean. The problem was not the honey. The problem was eating the honey out of the dead body, the dead lion's body. And then after eating the honey, he hid it from his parents. Living in hiding can lead to a life of bondage. Ask, just ask Samson. For all of our note takers, jot this down, jot this down. Hiding our access to sin can lead us into bondage. Hiding our access to sin can lead us into bondage. Samson hid his access to sin. He knew there was a dead lion's body on the road because he killed the body. And it's interesting that the scripture points out to us that he did not tell his parents about the dead lion's body. He kept it, kept it a secret and his secrecy opened the door for sin to occur. You see, when we hide our access to sin, it opens us up 
to a life of bondage. It just swings the door open for bondage to occur in our life. Perhaps it's hiding access to the Internet, and you say you have a filter to protect yourself, and yet you now have figured out a way around the filter, and you say, well, Pastor, I'm not doing anything, but yet you're, you're just hiding the access. Perhaps it's access to drugs, and it was a problem you used to have months ago or years ago, and, and yet now you have an access, and you're not telling anybody about the access to the drugs. You're thinking, I'm not touching them, though, but, but you're just hiding the access, or perhaps it's access to wrong friends or to the drug dealer and people you know that would be a negative influence on your life, and you're just kind of keeping the access open, not telling anybody that the access is still there, or perhaps it's access to stealing something, and, and you're just tempted by it, and maybe it's at the workplace or with a family member, and there's access to something, and you're just tempted, but you're thinking, I'm not going to do it, but you're just, you're not telling anybody about the access to it. Perhaps it's access to food, and you're keeping that chocolate in your glove compartment. <laughs> Pastor, I'm not going to eat that snicker, but why you got it in your glove compartment then? I'm not going to eat it, Pastor, but you got access. Perhaps there's access to somebody who keeps flirting with you, and you're not telling anybody about it. You're thinking, well, I'm not doing anything, but you know they're flirting, and you know they're flirting, and you know they're flirtatious, and you know they're giving you the goo-goo eyes. <laughs> and you're not telling anybody about it. Hiding our access to sin can lead us into bondage. Write this down, write this down. Hiding our sin, hiding our sin will lead us into bondage. You see, Samson ate the honey from the dead body. He disobeyed God, and then he does not tell his parents. He hides his sin, and now he has to fight the sin. He has to fight the temptation. He has to fight the inner struggle all by himself. Secrecy. You see, hiding your sin is a surefire way to a life of bondage. You start using the drugs and and you're hiding it. You're abusing the alcohol and you hide it. You have a pornography problem and you hide it. You're having phone conversations you know you should not be having and you hide it. You're hiding the new clothes and you can't let your spouse know and so you got to hide the outfits in the closet. You can't wear them right now but later on because you got a shopping problem and you, and you hide it. You hide it. Hiding our sin will lead us to bondage. And it's not by accident that honey is what drew Samson to secret sin. Come on, let's be honest. Sin is fun for a moment. Sin is exciting for a moment. And honey lured Samson in. It was honey. Oh, I mean, I know there's a dead body, but there's honey. It's enticing. Honey, and honey lured Samson in. The boy should have left the honey alone. That's a word for somebody today. Leave the honey alone. Leave the honey alone. But it looks good. Leave the honey alone. It's a trap. It tastes good. Leave the honey alone. It's a trap, but it feels good. It smells good. It looks good. Other people eating the honey, leave the honey alone. It's a trap. 
trap. Some of you are like Samson. You got honey issues. And Samson didn't leave the honey or the honeys alone. And he ended up in bondage. Hiding our sin will lead us into bondage. How do we become bound, number two, when we ignore God's instructions? Samson ended up bound because he ignored God's instructions. He chose his way over God's way. God gave Samson three specific instructions to follow. He wasn't supposed to touch or eat anything unclean, but he did it anyways. God told him to deliver and protect Israel from the Philistines, not to date and and to fool around with the Philistine women, but he decided to hook up with a couple of Philistine honeys. God told him not to get a haircut, but what does Samson do? He tells a Philistine lady named Delilah, the secret to his strength is in his hair. He ignores God's instructions. And when people ignore God's instructions, it leads them down a road far away from God. And they end up bound. I want you to see the very moments, a matter of seconds, that lead up to Samson ending up in captivity. Here's what the Scripture says in Judges 16 and verse 20. Then she called a lady named Delilah, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. You see, people think they can ignore God's instructions and then just shake themselves free. I haven't been doing what God wants me to do, Samson says, but I'm going to go out like I've always done before, and I'm just going to shake myself free. I can can live however I want to live, and there won't be any consequences. I'll just shake myself free. I can live wild and loose as long as I come to church on Sunday. I can shake myself free. Those Philistine women and Philistine men aren't that bad. I can just shake myself free. It's just sex outside of marriage once a week, but I would never do it on Sundays. I'll just shake myself free. I just do drugs recreationally. I'll just shake myself free. God understands I need the money, and I got to do what I got to do. And I'll just shake myself free. And then the Bible goes on to say in verse 20, but he did not know that the Lord had left him. I'm going to go shake myself free again. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Samson drifted from God. He walked away from God by continually ignoring God's instructions. And when people continue to choose their way over God's way, they just distance themselves 
from God. And Samson got so far away from God that he didn't even know. He wasn't even cognizant of it. He wasn't even aware that he was away from God. And God was no longer with him. And there are so many people that do their own thing and they continue to distance themselves from God and they literally deceive themselves into thinking, I'm just going to shake myself free. It's going to be okay. And they don't even realize God's hand is not upon your marriage anymore. God's hand is not upon your dating relationship anymore. God's hand is not upon your business, upon your career anymore. God's hand is not upon your schooling anymore. God's hand is not upon your friendships anymore. God's hand is not upon your finances anymore. God's hand is not upon your decision-making anymore. You're thinking to to yourself, I'm going to go out like I always have and shake myself free. But he did not realize. That the Lord was not with him. When you keep drifting away from God, you'll end up bound. I realize today at all the churches, there are people who are bound today. Things look good on the outside, but there are some inner struggles. There are some things that literally have you bound today. And I want to share with you three keys to freedom. Three keys to freedom from the life of Samson. Number one is this. Ask for help. If you want to get free and stay free, ask for help. Judges 16 verse 26 says, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. After Samson was bound, he was able to carry out his mission from God against the Philistines by asking someone to help him hold my hand and then place them on the pillars. This is huge. He asked for help. You see, to get free, you need a godly friend that will hold your hand. You need a friend that will grab your hand and say, listen, I'm going to walk with you to freedom. You need a friend that will grab your hand and say, quit working so much. You're bound to your own work. You're neglecting your spouse. You're neglecting your kids. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to hold your hand and bring you to church every week and sit with you and worship God with you because you've got to be in God's presence consistently, worshiping his name, hearing the preaching of God's word. I'm going to hold your hand and walk with you to to the Drug Rehabilitation Center. I'm going to walk you to Teen Challenge. I'm going to walk you there to freedom. I'm going to hold your hand and your spouse's hand, and I'm going to walk with you to the marriage counselor. I'm not going let you destroy your marriage and end your marriage. I'm going to walk with you to freedom. I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to walk with you until you stop lying and cheating. I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to walk with you to freedom. Listen, if you want to be free, you have to be willing to humble yourself and to ask a godly friend to help you. Galatians 6 and verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. You can't do this alone. 
You need someone who will help you carry the burden that you've been carrying. And let me just say to some of you today, you have been serving God. You're living for Jesus. And God is speaking to you to go grab somebody's hand and to walk them to freedom. God is speaking to you saying, listen, I set you free, so now grab somebody else's hand and walk them to freedom. And see, that's what I'm able to do today. See, God set me free. And today I can minister to thousands and thousands and thousands of people and say, let me share my story. Let me, in my own way, grab your hand and walk you to freedom. And some of you, God has set you free. And you need to individually go grab some folks' hands. Go grab some co-workers' hands. Grab some neighbors' hands. Grab some people in church and walk them to freedom. That's what small groups are all about. That's why I'm challenging you. Get in a small group. Go, go, go be a small group leader at your workplace. Come on, grab some neighbors, some co-workers, some friends, and walk them to freedom. There's a, a second key to freedom, and that is this. Cry out to God for help. Cry out to God for help. Notice Samson in Judges 16, verse 28. It says, then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. This prayer was a cry. It was a prayer of desperation. Samson's sin caused him to lose his strength, to lose his eyesight, to lose his freedom. He was bound, and now he cried out to God for help. And the Scripture says he cried out, Sovereign Lord. Come on. At all the churches, everybody say, Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. I want you to catch those words. Sovereign Lord. The word sovereign means God can do anything. He's sovereign. You may be bound today, but God is sovereign, and he can intervene. He can set you free. If you're bound today, I want to encourage you, cry out to God, Sovereign Lord, I need your help. Sovereign Lord, intervene in my situation. Sovereign Lord, set me free. Sovereign Lord, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, moving my life. Sovereign Lord, I'm tired of being in this mess. Sovereign Lord, set me free. And my testimony is this. In a football locker room, bound in sin, captain on the football team, college scouts recruiting me. I didn't care what anybody thought. Tears streaming down my face. I cried out, Sovereign Lord, I need you. I don't want to spend the rest of my life living how I'm living. Sovereign Lord. Help me, and some of you not only need a friend, but you need to cry out to God for help. Number three is this. There's a third key to freedom, and that is God can give you strength again. He can give you strength again. And I realize some of you have drifted so far from God, and today you find yourself so much in bondage, and you're thinking this, that's good preaching but I don't think I can get free. I mean, can I really 
really, can God really give me strength to be free again? Because I remember what freedom was like. I remember being a child and being free. I can, I can recollect. I, I can remember being in my teenage years and being free from this thing that's got me now. I can remember in my 20s or my 30s being free from that thing that has me. Try. I can remember being free, but can it really happen again? And the answer is yes. The sovereign Lord can set you free again. Notice in Judges 16 and verse 21. It says, then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. In the very next verse, after Samson is bound, it says in verse 22, but the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. And let me remind you that the hair was the secret to his strength. And the Bible says after he was bound, his hair began to grow again. Come on, at all the churches, I need audience participate. I want everybody to participate. Come on, everybody participate. Just look at your neighbor right now. Just look at him and just say this to him. I think your hair is growing again. Go ahead and tell him. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Tell him I think. Come on, tell him I think your hair is growing again. Come on. Come on, look back at them one more time. Look at them one more time and tell them, literally, you need it. Come on, you, got, you need some hair. Come on, tell them. Literally, you need hair. I'm praying for you. Yes! His hair began to grow again. He began to get his strength again. Oh, God can help us again. Judges 16, verse 28 goes on to say, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, notice, strengthen me just once more. Do it again. God, quit you just do it again. And let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. And God strengthened him again. Samson got himself into a mess, but God strengthened him again. Samson drifted away from God and got himself bound, but God strengthened him again. And I'm here to tell you, if you want to be free today, you have to believe this. God can do it again. But pastor, you don't know how bound I am. God can do it again. Pastor, you don't know how strung out I am. God can do it again. Pastor, you don't know the mess I'm in. God can do it again. Pastor, you don't know the skeletons in my closet. God can do it again. I'm a living witness that whom the Son sets free is free indeed, and God can do it again. Your hair can grow again. He can strengthen you again. This is not hype. This is the scriptures. This is the preaching and the teaching from the holy word of God. God can do it again. And you have to believe you can be free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. 